Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of the Todd Herman Show. They call me the Emerald City Exile. I will use the speaker's race and that vote to demonstrate that what we're seeing is certainly incompetent people, except we're not seeing chaotic results. Check out the Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. Okay. Classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, People, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway, in a garage. yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I, we, yeah, we don't I also know said that. we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of from my time as vice president, were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn. Uh, th- this was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. I'm literally the Department of Justice was immediately, as was done. The Department of Justice was immediately notified, and the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see, we're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. Thank you. I think my favorite thing so far about this morning okay. Peter Ducey standing up. He's made, he's made Peter Ducey at that moment when he stood up, was made 100% of incredulity. And he's like, so they were in your garage. <laughs> and Biden's like, yeah, by my Corvette. And he's like, by your Corvette? He's like, yeah, because, you know, who among us, guys, has not kept our classified documents in our garage next to our car- our Corvette? Wait a minute. It, first off, greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. I am just very eager to get everything kicked off. Because this is crazy. It is going to be a busy day. I pretty much trashed everything that I had pre- prepared for you today. Yeah, did you see that? Kane saw me Kane saw me feverishly deleting everything. I'm like, nope, no, nope, this is not going to work. This is all done. We're all done with it. It's not going to work. But the, this, I mean, it's kind of, this is wild. So we have the, we had the McCarthy presser, this Biden presser. Garland is speaking today uh, 12.15, 1.15 Eastern, 12.15 Central. Yeah. 
will be on air. Then right after is the White House press briefing at 12.30 Central, 1.30 Eastern. So we're going to we're we're going to cover all of that and but this let's just start off with this because obviously you know Daniel Lashier your lovable curmudgeon because obviously the big story is the second batch of classified documents okay here's what the question i have they were in the garage by the corvette right or were they actually in the damn thing i don't think they're in the corvette so they were by the corvette in the garage because who among us doesn't keep our classified documents there so according to the courts of oil yeah you know next to the grandpa bench of tools and jars you know the whole thing like every grandpa who what grandpa did not do this every grandpa had like a two by four where they had lids glued or, or screwed in and then you twist the little jar up and it had like all different when i was a kid i always wanted one of those but i never knew what for I just thought it looked cool. I'm like, you know, in case I need some things. You know, like, who knows? Maybe I'll need some, you know, screws or something. I don't know. Some some washers or something. Who knows? Classified yeah, classified documents in a jar. They're near, near the Corvette, you know, in the garage, in the locked garage. Maybe. So, I mean, who knows? We don't know. Who among us, though, right? So they said, the special counsel to the president, how do you find these documents? That's the other question. I really, I think we need to know how. How do you find them? How no, Kane? Don't type it in Slack. I don't, Stop it. I think they've known about this for a long time. I think they didn't just find them. Is that what the, the media wants you to believe? They just, you know, like was he doing some spring cleaning? And right. they're like, "Well, damn, look like, at this." That's what they. Th- I think that's what they're trying to make you believe. Got some important documents here about Area Fifty One. Who there's, knew? There's actual proof we've known, or that not we, but that they've known about this for quite some time. You think? I do wonder, because I feel like Andy McCarthy earlier today intimated that they, or not they, that Merrick Garland knew that Biden may have had these documents, or may have had like some kind of documents in his, in his possession when he appointed the independent counsel for Trump. So I... I just want to know how they came across these because the statement from Richard Sauber, who's the special counsel to the president, said that they're fully cooperating with the archives and the DOJ to ensure that any Obama records, Obama Biden administration records are appropriately in possession of the archives, blah, blah, blah. They said they searched his Wilmington, his, his beach house, his Wilmington home, his beach house, any other locations where files may have been shipped in the course of this 2017 transition. And the lawyers completed that review last night. They said they discovered among personal political papers a small number of additional records with classified markings. All but one was found in the storage space in his Wilmington residence garage. One consisted of, uh, there was another page discovered among stored materials in an adjacent room. No documents were found in the beach house. They said that the DOJ was immediately notified. The lawyers arranged to take possession. But he wasn't president, so therefore he never enjoyed the executive privilege to declassify anything, which then poses the question, which is not, by the way, beg the question. Stop using that incorrectly. Everybody that every pundit almost that I see on cable news. Stop it. It poses the question as to why he had them in his possession in the first place, because he was just VP. 
He couldn't he couldn't declassify anything. And you can't say, well, he's president now. That's not how that works. It's not retroactive. You can't go back in time and be like, oh, we're going to we're going to retcon all this. You can't do that. No, it doesn't work that way. So I just how do you get important documents in your garage? Have you seen like the picture? So everybody's been posting pictures of his garage. He did this. They had this thing where he um, backed his Corvette into his garage and this was his Wilmington house I'm assuming I think this is the Wilmington house and there's just a bunch of like hoarder stuff in a corner like a bunch of jumbled hoarder boxes in a corner does that look secure to you no what I'm describing if you are not watching the simulcast of the show that is streamed that is that is broadcast across the country it, it it looks like what you would imagine a garage would look like, except maybe a little hoardier. Yeah. There's like a rat's nest in the corner of boxes and stuff, right? Looks kind of weird. I actually am a little surprised at this. But that does not look secure. So wait, you're telling me that a garage with a Corvette in it? Nah, no big deal. But an actual lockdown where the National Archive people apparently worked with the White House people to move the documents there to Mar-a-Lago, an actual five-star resort with secret service crawling everywhere that that's unacceptable that's just asinine you people stop it stop it this is crazy so i i mean i'm looking at this i'm like i i i don't know like in the they (laughs) they, and there's a film I'm going to drop this in Slack because all this, everybody, I love the internet. This is one of the reasons, this is one of the, one of the examples of why I do actually love the internet. Everybody now has video of his garage. And for the people watching on the simulcast, there's a rat's nest of stuff there in the corner that Juan just threw up. And it just, it looks, I could get into that garage. I'm not saying I would. I would, to- I could totally break into that garage. Oh man, it'd be so easy. It, it, I mean, everyone's like, oh, we could totally get in there. I mean, I don't know. I just, if you're president of the United States, don't you save everything? Think about everyone out there, women and men listening. You all know somebody who scrapbooks. You all save important documents, right? Everybody saves important everything. You save, I still have my oldest son's high school graduation program. That's not a classified doc. Oh, I save, I save important documents. If you're president or vice president, you know where this stuff is. I can tell you where all of these things are. I have file cabinets. Everything is marked. It's like ridiculously organized. I can tell you where it all is. I can say, go to this third file cabinet here under my bookshelf. That's where it is in my office. I don't think you could do that with these documents in this garage. How do you not know that you have these? Like, oh, hell, was just uh, cleaning out the garage and found these uh, marked classified documents. Super big deal here. Very important stuff. It's just, so now the question is, where's the raid, right? Where's the raid? And Garland's going to speak, like we said today. He's going to speak at 115 Eastern, 1215 Central. If he does not... If he does not announce an independent council, I'm going to, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. I mean, 
Kane, you need to start. You say this. This is funny because this is something that totally fits it's into like, the yeah, scenario. Like, while I was looking for my 516th socket, I ran across these classified documents. Who among us? Right next to the Corvette. Yeah, right there next to the Corvette, right? Also, the president made some remarks about the economy, which were crazy uh, because CPI numbers are in, uh, consumer price index. It's, it's about as bad as you, w- as you would think. Uh, there's a reason why you're seeing so many egg memes. Dude, can I just ask, why are eggs so damn expensive? Are there fewer chickens? Like, chickens are still laying eggs, right? I'm hoping. I'm waiting. You want to make bets on KJP going out there and talking about big chicken? <laughs> big chicken, spending cheese. No, I'm just saying. Do you... Do you <laughs> This popped in my head. I can't help it. Do you do you any bets on whether or not she's gonna go out there and be like, you know, Big Chicken is just really screwing with us, man. I'm telling you. Or is it Big Egg? Probably Big Chicken. Big chicken yeah, price, Big Chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Chicken. So I'm waiting for that to happen because CPI numbers. I'm pulling this this up for you. There's oh boy, the biggest component of CPI was shelter, straight shelter, thirty two percent. And, I mean, we're seeing increases because, yay, inflation. That I mean, the price of your house counts less than what you could rent it for. That's why you have the Fed out there going, oh, we're going to try to control everything with, some in, with inflation or with the interest rates. Let's see. The fuel is up 41%. I'm just looking at some of the straight numbers here. Gas utilities up uh, over 19%. Transportation, almost 15%. Electricity, 14%. Food at home is up almost 12%. Food away from home is up a little over 8%. Shelter, 7.5%. Uh, the CPI total is about 7% increase. New cars, 6%. Gas, only down up like a percent. Used cars, down by 8%. And we were talking about that the other day, what that's attributable to. There's a 26% increase in lettuce. Eggs, 50 over 50% increase. This is crazy. That's why you're seeing the Meg memes. You know, like instead of getting your girl, uh, I saw a meme, instead of getting her an engagement ring, he got her one of them 18 count eggs cartons. And she's like, he went to Kroger. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's, right. that's right, right? It's exactly where it is. So we have a ton of stuff to get into. Oh, oh, and also, I am so excited about this story. The transportation secretary. So do you know that that he actually knew that this the system was going to fail, but he didn't do anything. In fact, the only thing he did was make it more inclusive by changing language. Not kidding. We're going to talk all about Mayor Secretary Newman Poot and how he is really bad at transportation coming up, so you don't want to miss it. Uh, lots of stuff to hit today. It's a very, very, very busy day here. And then we're going to, well, I think we're going to carry the Garland thing live. So just so you know that, I think we're going to carry that live. Thanks to your support, Patriot Mobile has emerged as one of the leaders in the parallel economy, and they have big news. Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks. This means if you're with the big three and like the service but hate their values, you can now access them with Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile also offers a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best 4G and 
5G networks. So you get the same great service while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't support your values. The Patriot Mobile 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with offer code Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. Man, you know what that opening means. If you're any fan of guitars, rock music, just good music in general, Jeff Beck, one of the masters of guitar uh, and an absolute guitar hero from the 60s, has passed away. The news was announced yesterday. He was 78 years old. Apparently, he suddenly contracted bacterial meningitis. And so it was because he had just been on tour. He was just on tour. In fact, there was he was on he was playing in Ireland. So just horrible, horrible news. Uh, but um, I mean, I don't know how many Grammys he's won. He's won a ton of Grammys. Just an absolute icon, rock icon. So uh, 78 years old, Jeff Beck. Just now we're all depressed. Now we're going to have to get silly just to get out of that mood. Uh, also, DirecTV is laying off staffers. Cord cutting is accelerating. They're laying off hundreds of employees, about 10% of its upper ranks, as the company is looking to reduce costs, according to people uh, working within the industry. Managers make up about half of their fewer than 10,000 employees, and the cost reduction comes as this cord cutting accelerates because satellite TV, especially satellite TV distributors like DirecTV, so uh, more more uh, layoffs. New Mexico's DA is weeks away from determining, and I can't even believe it's taken this long. I mean, this is so stupid. Uh, as to whether or not Alec Baldwin is going to face criminal charges for the shooting death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of Rust. I mean, in the meantime, he's been traveling all over the world, enjoying a great Christmas. He's being sued by Hutchins' uh, widow. But the Santa Fe District Attorney's Office, they're going to finally decide whether or not they think that the guy who shot and killed a woman because he was being reckless on set is actually going to be held liable for being reckless on set. So, and the civil claim will most likely, from the family, will most likely move ahead against him. FDA is going to throw Moderna under the bus. Their vaccine advisors are said to be disappointed and angry that early data about the new not-really-vaccine booster shot wasn't presented for review last year. The first lady had a cancerous lesion, had a cancerous lesion removed from by her eye. Uh, that was something that was announced uh, yesterday. And uh, FAA says they're, they're trying to get it back up, but not yet. We'll talk more. Stay with us. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. This came out before the election. Why does his Department of Justice treat people differently? Every time we find something that comes out before the election dealing with Biden's family, it's pushed under the rug. We need for the next. That's true. Why is it pushed under the rug? I think McCarthy's got a great question there. You know, it's a Democrat privilege. I mean, why does he... You know, gets to have that. Yeah, it's a D different. It's D different. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here, bottom of this first hour. It's been a busy news day already. We've had Kevin McCarthy speak. Uh, Biden came out and uh, <laughs> answered. I think uh, Ducey's question was the only one he answered, right? I don't think he answered anybody else's question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then now you got Merrick Garland speaking at uh, 115 Eastern, 1215 Central, followed by KJP, who ain't going to say a single word about any of what was found in his garage next to his Corvette. I still cannot get over that back and forth. 
with him like, yeah, next. Can you play that one more time for me? Because it is so I could not believe what I was hearing. I was getting ready to come to the broadcast and I'm like, what? Listen to this. Five material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, we're going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway. Street was in a garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but uh, as I said earlier this week. What is people that? People know. What? I take classified documents. What was that? Like, as, yes. As, so you're tell, the I materials were in a locked garage. Yes. Uh, as well as my Corvette. What was that? Was he trying to reinforce the idea that it was in a locked garage? Was he trying to say that I value my Corvette and that's why it was in a... Because it's still weak. But, I mean, I'm just trying to understand why he said that. It's just weird. There's, oh man, all this video of him now with his Corvette and his garage are now coming out. It's, it's, jeez, I can't even believe this. That, I mean, it's a little wild. They're already really working overtime to spin this, though, too. They're really working overtime to spin it. You know, it's just a small number of documents. Is that the, I'm sorry, are you, are you saying what difference does it make? Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? I'm just, I'm just wondering. What difference at this point does it make? I mean, I f- it feels like that's what he's kind of saying. By the way, Miranda Devine brought up this very good question. Now, just listen, let's listen here. I'm going to read what, I'm going to read her quote. Because this is very interesting. She says, do you remember when Hunter asked his building manager to cut new keys for a number of, quote, new office mates, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Jim Biden, Gong Dong, Chairman Ye, CEFC emissary, and a new office sign, the Biden Foundation, Hudson West. He goes, if CEFC partner Patrick Ho hadn't been arrested... She adds, then Joe Biden would have been stashing these classified documents in an office he shared with the capitalist arm of the Communist Chinese Party's Belt and Road Initiative, backed by, oh, dude, dude, I, you know, yeah, I don't even have to read the rest of that sentence. You know exactly what I was going to say. So, in the same office, Office space that he's sharing with the CCP. Huh. So, and then she asks, why do you think the FBI and CIA work so hard to bury the laptop stories? Ah. Well, I mean, I kind of already knew, but, hmm. This is what I'm predicting. Because they're going to push him. This is them. This is the all of this is they're going to all of this is designed to very slowly turn up the heat on Biden. None of this information is being released by Republicans. Not even Republican operatives. This is information that is being released by Democrats, Democrat surrogates and their champions. And it's being released for one singular purpose. Notice how it's very limited to. Biden, 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 nobody else. They're doing this to very slowly turn up the heat on him so he will leave office and won't run again. They do not want him running again in 2024. I think that he kind of does, but he hasn't made that commitment yet. I think Jill wants him to. 
But I think this is them making it to where he cannot. And if they have to push it, if they if they have to take a hit in terms of him getting impeached, I believe they will to secure 24. I believe that they will they will take a hit because overall it would be a victory. It would be a strategic loss for them. So the way that I think that this needs to be viewed and I hope that I would imagine Jim Jordan and others will do this is that this was not done by the Bidens alone. You're telling me that this man was sharing office space. I mean, I'm looking at Miranda Devine has the documents. She's got the hard evidence of these discussions with each other. Where you had the Bidens, Gongwen Dong, Chairman Ye, and the CEFC emissary. The CEFC partner, this was the, you, I don't even want to say capitalist arm of the CCP. There is no capitalist arm. It's cronyism. But you have this, this CCP operative who's pushing China's Belt and Road Initiative, sharing office space with the Bidens where these documents were stored. The first batch. Wow. Not even Trump did that. I mean, you know, if the if the left wants to, you know, pick some pick some bones over this, he didn't do that. So the, who all knew about it? That brings me to something that I, I I kind of wonder myself as well. You can't. I just can't be convinced that that somebody like Merrick Garland was unaware of the fact or potential that Biden had these documents in his possession or some kind of classified. You know, pub, you know, very visibly marked documents in his possession when he was appointing this independent counsel to the Trump case. And because the situations are so different and because absent is that executive privilege to declassify materials. That Garland got so far over his skis with his pettiness to go after Trump that he's now put himself in a bit of a sticky wicket. Because now if he doesn't go as hard on this which is demonstrably worse than anything i mean the stuff that was in trump's possession was actually already public knowledge number one number two president but if he doesn't go as hard then it's going to be interpreted as a a different uh, measure this the same standard of justice is not going to be applied and that's going to do more to cause division it's going to be very interesting. What is there, by the way, I'm just curious also, and I think John Turley brought this up. Is there like a, a clause in some sort of founding document or somewhere where it's the, it is the Corvette exception so you can keep classified documents no matter who you are so long as it's next to your Corvette in your garage, in your little hoarder's corner? So. You don't think there's one like that there? I mean, I just, yeah. Oh, man, I can't even believe. And by the way, he was given a, a, a prepared statement to say. All he had to do was stand up there and read the damn statement. And he gets up there like, my Corvette. It's about my Corvette. He kind of looks at the paper. And then he looks up like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. He couldn't even read from the prepared statement that his lawyers probably agonized over and gave him before he went out and said anything. And then he just screws it all up. Well, it's by my Corvette. Damn you, Peter. He didn't say that part, but you know he thought it. 
probably thought worse, but I can't say that on air. Speaking of Peters, the um, Secretary Mayor, Numa, Poot Buttigieg, he's not really good at transportation stuff, despite the fact that he's transportation secretary. So the whole no-tam system, it's a system for no-tammies. I'm still, I'm not going to stop that. The no-tam system that made it very difficult, that, that crashed, and that's how everything was delayed. There's still delays and all that going on today. Well, you know, he oversaw the rebranding of the system, right? Not to make it work better. He's the redundancy here. Let's just establish this before we go forward. No, he oversaw this no-tam system not to improve it. Ah, but he wanted to make it more inclusive by changing the language. So instead of saying airmen, which he thought was just gendered language, he changed all that to air missions. And it was undergoing a two-phase, quote-unquote, modernization when it crashed. Buttigieg, his FAA said that rename, the renaming made it more inclusive of all pilots. And they said that they were in the middle of that, changing all of that when it crashed. Do you think that made it crash? Going back in there and changing everything? Yeah. I'm just wondering. I really want to know. Like, did cha- did everybody, all these thousands of flights get canceled? Because the completely hapless, ridiculous, completely out of his league, goofy transportation secretary wanted to change language to make it more gender whatever. Here's the sentence from it. It says the that the acronym NOTAM is updated from notice to airmen to the more applicable term notice to air missions, which is inclusive of all aviators and missions. I now Kane says something because you said that when your parents get on your computer, like after five minutes, it stops working. Right. He is the oldest person. How old is he? How old is he? Let me look up. He's like my age, I think, isn't he? Our age? Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, he's like, I'm a couple years older than him. He's the oldest young person I've ever seen. <laughs> I think he is, what is above Boomer and what's above the per, the group above Boomers? He's that. Right? Can he even operate a broom? Much less like a the no-tam system. So he's changing the language here. So here's the, I can't even believe I'm just like sharing this. This is a real thing. They said that the agency's goal is to provide pilots and flight crews and other users of the national airspace system with no times that are relevant, timely, and accurate to ensure modernization efforts addresses information received from industry stakeholders that use no times. The agency is working in coordination with the Aeronautical Information Services Reform Coalition. And then they decided they list them and then they go into how they're changing the language to make it to where it's more inclusive. The orders to update uh, the order is updated to include international civil aviation organization contract uh, contractions within NOTAM, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they say that the name modification in coordination with the FAA administrator, they're updating this because they want to make sure that all aviators and missions are inclusive. What just can you fly people to where they need to go? Yeah. I mean, you have one job. I don't care what you call people. Just get them to where they need to go. 
I mean, that's that's all you got to do. That's it. He's not very good at this. Now, he did come out. We, we got some audio. Uh, remember, this is what he was focused on. Audio soundbite six. This is what he has been most focused on, ladies and gentlemen. Listen. Or if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or there would have been, uh, in New York was, was designed uh, too low for it to pass by. But that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Um, I don't think we have anything race. to lose by confronting that. That's what he thinks his job is. I'm going to go get all the racism out of the highways. Oh, boy. That's, so that's what he's doing. You can't get anywhere, but just know that the language has been changed to be more inclusive. Mm. I mean, you, you're grounded, but whatever. We have uh, a lot more, including, let me just tell you what we still have coming. We have next hour, the Merrick Garland presser. We're going to bring that to you live. Why is there an egg shortage? And uh, Harvard Medical is focusing on L- alphabet babies. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what you think it is. We've got that. Uh, and the U- and USC is no longer going to use the word field because field is a racist word. I'm not making this up. This is all real. Let's go. I know. Just don't hit your head too hard on your desk, okay? Please stop. I can hear it. Red meat, black coffee, truth telling. The Dana Show. Come on. Is this how House Republicans are starting a new term? Cutting taxes for billionaires? Raising taxes for working families? making inflation worse? Well, let me be very clear. If any of these bills make it to my desk, I will veto them. I will flat veto them. Why does he have to do that? Why does that, that he did that? That was after the um, Corvette comment. Why does he have to whisper? Like, I understand that he thinks that he's trying to do some sort of like theatrical emphasis, but it just comes off as psycho. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Just comes in as psycho. That's all. I don't get it. Why do you got to do it? So this, his remarks today, first he was telling you that the economy's fine. Don't worry about it. It's not. We're going to talk a little bit more about all of the increases in price everywhere. And then he said that his Corvette's in a lock garage, so the, that's where his papers are. The, the, that's where they had that. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Uh, we're, and we're going we're gonna to talk more about that. We're also going to discuss, because coming up next hour, is Merrick Garland's press conference. Uh, that's going to be at 12.15 Central, 1.15 Eastern. And where everybody's watching to see if he announces an independent council. And then we'll also get into some of this other stuff with the house. I had the story too, where you have Harvard medical is, this is why people are, I mean, this is crazy. It's a woke class. Harvard med focuses on LGBT, LGBTQIA, whatever infants and older. So gay babies, they're actually like teaching a course on the premise that gay babies exist. Not kidding you. It's a real thing. We have more to come. Second hour on the way. Stay with us. It is a packed show today. Back after this. Hey, this is Todd Herman, host of The Todd Herman Show. You might have heard me on Rush Limbaugh's show. I was a regular fill-in for about eight years. God rest Rush. 
I now do a show out of the high mountains of free America because, you know, I got exiled from Seattle. I talk a lot about my it's not chaos theory. I will use the speaker's race and that vote to demonstrate that what we're seeing is certainly incompetent people, except we're not seeing chaotic results. Check out the Todd Herman Show every day on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, like many Americans, I was disappointed that the very first bill the Republicans in the House of Representatives passed would help wealthy people and big corporations cheat on their taxes at the expense of ordinary middle-class taxpayers. And it would add $114 billion to the deficit. Their very first bill. That's, no, no, no. Nothing, Nothing, oh my gosh, hi. Oh boy, guys. All right, first off, welcome to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Good to be here. Your lovable curmudgeon, top of our second hour. We're waiting for here in 15 minutes. Merrick Garland's going to be speaking. We're going to learn whether or not he's going to appoint an independent counsel for this whole Biden classified documents and two different spots thing. So this uh, remark from that he this is the this is the line that the left was pushing yesterday that if they you know if they repeal the the funding for the these IRS agents it's going to add to the deficit. He's literally saying that not stealing your hard earned dollars means that it's less money the government's going to have, so it's a deficit. Because he won't stop spending. And because he won't stop spending, and he can't offset that with your tax dollars, that's what he says is the deficit. Well, how about you just stop spending? I know he loves whispering. How about he just does that? Just stop whispering. Just just, just stop it. Just don't, don't do it again. Just quit. And then, I mean, that would work, right? Yeah, he's not happy about that. That's not how that's not how the any anything in economics work. We have such an economic illiteracy in this country. The problem has always been government spending beyond what it's allowed to spend. And then they think that because they ran up, it's like, you know, giving giving somebody, you know, uh, someone in your home a credit card, whether it's a kid or something, and then when they hit the, uh, the, when they keep spending over and over again, you're, you're what, you're, how are you supposed, oh, mom and dad, I need more money. Can you cover this? Why don't you spend less? You won't run in the red if you spend less. It's like the same thing with the debt ceiling. They want to increase that. If your kid runs up a, a debt on the credit card, that doesn't mean you lift the debt to make more debt. It means you stop and you get the current debt under control. Golly. I am, I don't know. Just wild. Just wild. All right. I love this audio soundbite while we wait for the from one of my favorites, Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, because they are running away from this gas stove thing. They are fleeing. Listen to this. Famously, uh, President Lincoln had a team of rivals. Sometimes I think President Biden has a team of morons. <laughs> I don't mean to be unfair. Um, no, that's fair. Many of, many of President Biden's appointees are very smart. But uh, so was the Unabomber. My, oh, my, my point gosh. is that uh, they may be smart, but they, they don't have any sense. Oh, man. Now... Here's what I mean. So yesterday we talked about it was Richard Trumka Jr., the Nepo baby, the son of Richard Trumka, the head of AFL-CIO. Jr. is a part of Consumer Affairs, the Consumer Affairs Department. Yeah, you don't like this? We're going to bust your kneecaps. No, anyway. So 
he was the one who came out and said, yeah, you know, if it's bad, we can ban it. <laughs> so Axios, and then they started walking it back. Consumer uh, Products Division came out and they're like, yeah, okay, he shouldn't have said that. It, it, it was always something that was in the works, but they hadn't really, I think, pulled the trigger on it yet. So here's Axios's piece this morning. Despite official insistence that fears of a ban are unfounded, conservatives are suddenly championing gas stoves in a new culture war. You see what they're doing? Aren't they so dumb? They're, they're championing gas stoves. Can you believe these stupid people? But here's the problem with this. Here's the problem. They did. They're, they're banned in California from all new builds. And Kathy Hochul just, re- just proposed the exact same damn thing in New York. New York Governor Kathy Hochul on Tuesday called to ban natural gas heating and appliances in the state's new buildings in an effort to fight climate change. <laughs> you know, because that's who cares if you can't afford to heat your home and you freeze to death in the winter? Who cares if you get heat stroke or anything else in the summer? It's more important that we keep perpetuating this BS green agenda. You know, climate change. Golly. So they so it's actually is it is happening. And if you if you don't want to be called out for saying stupid things, then here's the thought. Don't say stupid things. It's not difficult. Yeah, they I mean they've this is something that, yeah, Trumka, he raised this at the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission last month. He said that gas stove pollution is concerning. And they, they acted like you just stick your kids in the oven while you're baking and you poison them to death. That's what they act like. He, this is Trumka's direct quote. We need to be talking about regulating gas stoves, whether that's drastically improving emissions or banning gas stoves entirely. And I think we ought to keep that possibility of a ban in mind because it's a powerful tool in our tool belt and it's a real possibility here. It's his actual verbatim direct quote. Whoa, but no. No one said this, conservatives. How dumb are you? No one said this. That's actual gaslighting. You're literally gaslighting people if you're telling them that no one said this because they did say this. Governors have already proposed bans from new builds in their state. So no, it's not a figment of conservative imagination. It's a real thing. Oh, damn, this looks really bad for us. Let's go ahead and try to convince them that they just thought it all up. It was all in their heads. That sounds great, Bob. Let's go ahead and do that. Thanks, Jim. I'll draft that up right now. Jeez. No, they have. They have said this. Now, furthermore, I came across a fantastic thread while we wait for A.G. Garland here. And this guy who is, you know, you know how I talk about, let's have actual like nerds in this particular nerd field. Let's listen to those people instead of these kind of freaks, right? I'm, I don't say nerd like as a pejorative. So this guy, Steve Everly. He's uh, in energy uh, and he says he he talked about the health threats with gas stoves and he goes, there should be some background on where research is and how the feds suddenly decided these appliances are a health risk. He writes, first of all, the largest analysis of any link between gas stoves and childhood asthma, 500,000 plus children sampled worldwide found, quote, no evidence of association between the use of gas as a cooking fuel and either asthma symptoms or asthma diagnosis. And it's actually from a government document the national library of medicine and the national center for biotechnology information 
and they had a number that this they they had this uh they did there's a number of studies on this he says that he says the study finding no evidence of a link between gas stoves and asthma is being ignored by most of the groups claiming it's an inherent health risk. And he said, unfortunately, many in the media are also ignoring it or are simply unaware of it. Everly added that there was another study that found peak emissions from gas stoves when using even the least effective ventilation fan was, was 15 PPB. So that's their measure considerably lower than the 100 ppb for short-term for short-term exposure and that's from sciencedirect.com which studied exhaust fans with stoves and he says that's an important piece of info this is steve everly who's an energy expert he says that numerous studies examining indoor air quality point to ventilation as the most practical solution range hoods exist for a reason Moreover, research shows that what you cook accounts for the vast majority of emissions. Olive oil, one of the most common ingredients, generates 17 times more emissions than gas stoves. And all of these come with hashtag receipts. And that was from the U.S. Department of Energy Office of Scientific and Technical Information, that study. He says, so that's why ventilation is important. Even if you mandated an expensive shift from gas to electric, you wouldn't be addressing the largest source of emissions in the kitchen. And it's also why EPA and other agencies have focused on ventilation. And he concludes with, he adds a ton of other studies from UCLA and more. He says, so how is it this alleged growing body of research is linking gas stoves to negative health impacts? And he takes apart all of the claims. I, I sent this to you in your email prep this morning. I mean, he, he says that the environment, he says what they did when they, they, the one study that they cited f- to try to come up with this conclusion that was, co- that was quoted by everybody was from Stanford in January of 2022. He says there was a study they published and they generated a ton of headlines. And he goes, how did they arrive at their conclusion? The environment they created involved encasing a kitchen in plastic sheets, removing all ventilation and then turning on the gas. He says, no, really, from the study itself. And then he lists the details of the exact details of the environment that they created for the study. He says, it should go without saying that an airtight kitchen encased in plastic sheets is not representative of any real world kitchen that any of us actually use. And he says, the UCLA study linking gas stoves to asthma from 2020 also assumed no ventilation in the kitchen. He says, do you notice a trend? Every single study, none of them had. So it's all BS. Absolute BS. And they're just doing it because they want to ban gas. We have Merrick Garland speaking now uh, about a special counsel. Uh, Apparently, let's go to this as we carry it live here on the show. And we'll also discuss, uh, have some analysis after. Let's take this live. Uh, The Penn Mm -hmm. Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, located in Washington, D.C., That office was not authorized for storage of classified documents. The prosecutor was also advised that those documents had been secured in an archives facility. On November 9th, the FBI commenced an assessment consistent with standard protocols to understand whether classified information had been mishandled in violation of federal law. On November 14th, pursuant to section 600.2B of the special counsel regulations, I assigned U.S. Attorney Lausch to conduct an initial investigation to inform my decision whether to appoint a special counsel. Mr. Lausch has served as the U.S. Attorney in Chicago since 2017. Before that, he spent more than a decade as an assistant U.S. Attorney in that same office. I selected him to conduct the initial investigation 
because I was confident his experience would ensure that it would be done professionally and expeditiously. On December 20th, President Biden's personal counsel informed Mr. Lausch that additional documents bearing classification markings were identified in the garage of the president's private residence in Wilmington, Delaware. President Biden's counsel informed Mr. Lausch that those documents were among other records from the period of the president's service as vice president. The FBI went to the location and secured those documents. On January 5th, 2023, Mr. Lausch briefed me on the results of his initial investigation and advised me that further investigation by a special counsel was warranted. Based on Mr. Lausch's initial investigation, I concluded that under the special counsel regulations, it was in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. In the days since, while Mr. Lausch continued the investigation, the department identified Mr. Herr for appointment as special counsel. This morning, President Biden's personal counsel called Mr. Lausch and stated that an additional document bearing classification markings was identified at the president's personal residence in Wilmington, Delaware. When I first contacted Mr. Lausch about this matter, he said he could lead the initial investigation, but would be unable to accept any longer-term assignment because he would be leaving the department in early 2023 for the private sector. U.S. Attorney Lausch and his team of prosecutors and agents have conducted this initial investigation with professionalism and speed. I am grateful to them. Earlier today, I signed an order appointing Robert Herr a special counsel for the matter I've just described. The document authorizes him to investigate whether any person or entity violated the law in connection with this matter. The special counsel will not be subject to the day-to-day -day supervision of any official of the department, but he must comply with the regulations, procedures, and policies of the department. Mr. Herr has a long and distinguished career as a prosecutor. In 2003, he joined the department's criminal division where he worked on counterterrorism, corporate fraud, and appellate matters. From 2007 until 2014, Mr. Herr served as an assistant U.S. attorney for the District of Maryland where he prosecuted matters ranging from violent crime to financial fraud. In 2017, Mr. Herr rejoined the department as the principal associate deputy attorney general. In 2018, he was nominated and confirmed to serve as a U.S. Attorney for the District of Maryland. As U.S. Attorney, he supervised some of the department's more important national security, public corruption, and other high-profile matters. I will ensure that Mr. Herr receives all the resources he needs to conduct his work. As I have said before, I strongly believe that the normal processes of this department can handle all investigations with integrity. But under the regulations, the extraordinary circumstances here require the appointment of a special counsel for this matter. This appointment underscores for the public the department's commitment to both independence and accountability in particularly sensitive matters and to making decisions indisputably guided only by the facts and the law. I am confident that Mr. Herr 
will carry out his responsibility in an even-handed and urgent manner. We are up against a break manner. here, and this is concluding anyway. I don't think they're going to, he's not going to take any questions on this. Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, just announced that there is a special counsel taking over the investigation into the President's potential mishandling of classified documents. We're going to have analysis on that here coming up. Headlines on the way as well. Stick with us back after this. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. These documents were discovered on November 2nd. This wasn't. This didn't come public until my colleagues at CBS News uh, found, uh, reported this on Monday. Uh, that's more than two months later. Why was the public not informed while the White House prepared? prepared a PR response for two months. Again, this was under review. Uh, this is under review by the Department of Justice. I'm not going to go beyond what the president shared yesterday. I'm not going to go beyond uh, what the, my colleagues at the White House Council shared with all of you as well. Yeah, so that's KJP yesterday. She's actually going to be doing another press conference here uh, momentarily, I think. Welcome back to the program. It's a really busy news day here on the, uh, for the program. Dana Lasher, lovable curmudgeon with you. You can also check the newsletter over at Substack Chapter and Verse. Uh, one of our, our contributor, Lorraine, has a good piece up that summarizes everything that you wanted to know from the McCarthy presser this morning, as well as Biden's weird remarks and his Corvette discussion and his, his claims about the economy. She's got all that up there for you if you want to check that out at Chapter and Verse over at Substack. And uh, it's just it's just out now. And I would imagine all KJP would have to do is just walk out there with and they and then have a drop screen behind her. And then she could just hit play on a little remote. And then that statement would play every time she's asked about it because she's not going to answer anything about the uh, documents, the classified documents. She's not going to say anything about that. All of her remarks I would imagine she's going to try to stick to helping bolster his claims about the economy. That's what I think anyway. So we'll see. We're going to we're going to see how this all how this all pans out, but I'm telling you this is it just this is just rough. This is a and and you heard the press conference too, Merrick Garland announced that there is going to be the creation of an of a special counsel in this case. Uh, we'll have a piece up about that here shortly as well. But it will be uh, uh, Mr. Robert Hur, I believe, is who Merrick Garland had said. He's going to be the individual who is uh, has been named to look into these classified documents, the special counsel. And so he appointed Robert Hur, And this they were working with the U.S. attorney based in Chicago to help come to the decision uh, and review some of these documents. And there, he's going to be the one that's going to that'll be looking at all. It's just it's interesting uh, how I am glad that he's there's no raid. There isn't a raid. So now this guy is from Maryland. He's a U.S. attorney in Maryland. So I'm kind of wondering what his background is. I think he's a Trump holdover. Lorraine says that he's a Trump holdover. And he previously served as principal associate deputy general. So we'll see. Ben Cardin likes him. He could, I don't know, if Chuck Grassley doesn't like him, I'm not wanting to like him, right? So we'll see where this goes. Because, but now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now, wait a minute. Hold up. Even if he's kind of a lefty, does that matter if this is lefty on lefty war? Because then what matters is, is he a Biden lefty or not? 
Is he part of the faction that does not want Biden to go in 2024? Oh, yes, you absolutely have to think about all this now. Gone are the days when it was just about law and order, ladies and gentlemen. Now, every action you take professionally, personally, you can forecast where you're going to go because of your political affiliations. So in this case, looks like a lefty. But is he a Biden-friendly lefty or not? Because all of this is just Democrat on Democrat warfare. That, that, that this came out at all is because of Democrats. The reason that it didn't come out at all prior was because of Democrats. The reason this didn't come up before the election? Uh, Democrats. This, you're telling me he had these documents in his garage the whole damn time? These are holdover documents from the time he was vice president of the United States. This, this, this is even back before Trump was elected. So Democrats are the reason why this never saw light and Democrats are the reason why it's seen light now. And the only reason that it's seen light now is because they don't want Joe Biden in 2024. He would be politically annihilated. So this is they're trying. This is how they do politics. They don't look at they don't look at merit and credibility and character. This is how they're looking at it. So, uh, I mean, this, I, we don't know a lot. Of, I'm sure we're going to learn a lot about Robert Herr. I'm sure we will. But at this point, I don't know. I think that, I mean, they could end up finding him. I mean, if he's going to be, if he finds that indeed there was uh, criminal action, then what end up he could recommend they'll recommend to the doj whether or not charges be brought forward and then if charges are forward and then you could have you know the the uh maybe i mean maybe there would be an impeachment process i mean this is this is kind of a big deal because he did not have that executive privilege and because it was and i'm wondering if it was more than just two places at this point right kind of makes me think it might be more than just two places I don't know. And he was only VP. And he was only VP. Although some of the dis- the folks in our chat say that the reason that they're not going to raid. You guys know where I'm going with this. The reason that they're not going to raid Joe Biden's is because nobody wants to look through Jill's underwear drawer. <laughs> like they did Melania's apparently. They said it. We all, you all thought it. They said it. <laughs> but for real though. Come on. For real. It is... There's a difference here. There's a difference, especially when you consider that in one of the places where the documents were found was shared office space with the CCP. I cannot underscore that enough. How much have we talked? You guys know I'm I'm I often talk about one belt, one road. You guys know how often I talk about that. And I think it's just asinine that there has not been any kind of oversight into what this family has done and the deals that they have made that 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 jeopardize national security in pursuit of this green uh, this green idol and those business arrangements on which they enrich themselves with the ccp telling you and so that's what so that's the latest we got a special we have special counsel and this because so they were Found in the Wilmington garage and in an adjacent room and in the Biden thing where he shared office space. So technically that's like three places, right? Is that that's the I guess that's the third spot. Yeah. So that's that's the I don't know what the adjacent room is that hasn't 
Actually, I was actually looking for this. This that hasn't been uh, specified. I don't think. So six years, yeah. After he left the vi- office of the vice presidency, that I just think I'm just. This is just wild. Just wild. He had these the entire time. They knew. I'm sorry. They knew he had them. They knew he had them. And found in a place where they shared office space with the CCP. I'm not going to ever stop saying that. Oh, man. All right. So we're going to see how this all how this all comes out. And I, 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 I'm curious to see what they I, I just don't know how you can not have any kind of recommendation for uh, any criminality here from the DOJ. And that's ultimately what they would have to do. Uh, they would they would. And I'm, you'll forgive me here. I'm pulling up uh, a story that related to that because that's they would have to after they go th- go through with the investigation um they'll they'll assess it then they'll just they'll determine whether or not charges can be recommended i mean there's just i just have a lot of questions still how is i mean because biden's people said they were surprised that these were found i just don't know how you can be surprised because the materials are clearly marked i mean they have those classification markings on them and it and and it it did. I mean, you have to. Turley brings up how Garland had to have known he was he they he was presumably briefed. Turley says that these classified documents were discovered in Biden's office on November second, and he had to have known that about the Biden documents when he appointed what two weeks later special counsel. For the Mar-a-Lago stuff. And Turley notes that when he was appointing Jack Smith, and that's the the special counsel looking into the Mar-a-Lago situation, he said that some of us thought that that the inexplicable refusal of Garland to appoint a special counsel to look into alleged Biden influence peddling and other crimes. So I think there's where, to me, there's a, a crossover. Sharing space with the CCP where these classified information, the classified information was found. Is that not a clear, is that not clear evidence of influence peddling? Because that's, is that not the same, uh, and you'll forgive me here, I'm pulling some stuff up. All oh, this is all coming out. Is that not the same group, uh, the CEFC? Is that not the same group that was uh, responsible for the, the uh, cobalt mine? I'm curious. Let's pull this up. Uh, you'll bear bear with us. And all this is happening. Yeah, I mean, it's CNN has a piece on this guy. He's the chairman of CEFC China Industry or China Ener- Energy, the rise and fall of a Belt and Road billionaire. And CEFC was part of, according to the Washington Post, one of the. Yep, they were interesting. So that's the Belt and Road Agency, the CEFC that Hunter Biden was working with in order to acquire the cobalt from the Democratic Republic of Congo, and they were sharing office space here. Not only sharing office space, they were sharing office space, and also it's the, uh, that apparently they received a lot, I mean, they got funded with a, the think tank that they had there, the think tank, received a lot of money from China as well, probably to pay their bills and stuff. Hmm, hmm, hmm. So, 
why is there, Turley brings up a really good point. Why was there no, there was no interest at all whatsoever from Merrick Garland. I mean, he's the, he was just really, he just seemed to refuse to appoint any kind of uh, counsel to investigate that influence peddling. How is that not clear evidence of influence peddling? And now that we know that there were classified documents that were stored there, why were they brought there? Man, there's more questions. Because now we're getting into more of a, situa- a situation that's greater than just classified information, breaking the law and being in possession of that. Now there's something else emerging. We're going to talk more about this here coming up. We also have Florida Man on the way as well. I would love to get Andy, let's get Andy McCarthy on because nobody's going to be able to talk about that. Because to me, that's the clear thing. That's where all of this stuff kind of crosses. There's a confluence of the influence peddling, the classified mishandling, which is a crime, uh, and all of this coming together. How? Why would they, A, why would they bring it over there? Because this was the Penn Biden Center. This wasn't like his a, a VP library or anything like that. And even if so, they don't store those types of materials at those libraries. That would be something for the National Archives, particularly if it's still classified. And these were all still classified. These were not unclassified documents like which and old, uh, like apparently everything was already public, but they weren't unclassified like what was in Trump's possession and in three different places. And one of those places was compromised because it was shared space and partially funded by the CCP. Why are alarm bells not going off? It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Well, when in when in Florida, you better make sure you share your crack pipe. Well, I mean, if you have one, that's WFLA. Here's this headline, and I'm not making it up. A Florida man beats another man with bricks for not sharing his crack pipe, say police in Opelika. A Florida man was arrested uh, Tuesday after Opelika police said he beat another man with bricks because he wouldn't let him take a hit from his crack pipe. The report was obtained by the News Channel 8 affiliate. The victim told police that he was sitting down in a grocery cart and a man called Urkel came up to him and asked him for a hit from his crack pipe. The victim said he refused and told Urkel, identified later as 29-year-old Tony Harris, that he would, quote, break the pipe if he kept asking. Police reports said that Harris then hit the man's face with a brick, causing him to stumble and suffer a fractured nose. After the scuffle, Harris took the victim's jacket reportedly and grabbed a brick in each hand and he threw one of the bricks, hit him on the back of the head. Uh, He... They, they ran around in the intersection. He got hit four more times. He was able to get away and uh, later taken hospital to the hospital for treatment. Uh, Urkel is uh, held without bond on charges of felony battery and armed robbery with a weapon. Good grief. I mean, you think that, I don't know. Uh, Florida man botched a burglary by accidentally shooting himself in the leg. Boy, you know what? I never would have thought that he was dumb considering all of the tattoos that are on his neck and his chin and the sides of his face. I never would have thought that. Uh, Crestview, he was caught in the act when deputies said he accidentally shot himself in the leg, alerting the homeowner. Oh, the the uh, Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office said the morning, this is morning of January 4th near Crestview, a woman called deputies to report a man outside of her house saying he'd been shot. They found 28-year-old Justin McCall suffering from a gunshot wound to the leg. He was rushed to nearby hospital for treatment. Surveillance showed, uh, the footage from surveillance showed uh, that neighbors from neighbors caught McCall in the area. Deputies say that he was already committing a series of a series of car and residential burglaries. Sheriff's office said that the firearm with, that he used was stolen. 
And investigators said at the time of the burglaries, he was already out on bond for two earlier burglaries. He was on felony probation previously also for the previous theft of a firearm. 13 felony guilty convictions since since 2012. Six for burglary, four for grand theft, one for grand theft of a firearm. So he's in a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of, he's in a lot of trouble. Uh, And then, there, man, I got it. There's, I can't read that one. There's a couple of, oh, there's a couple other ones. Oh, there's also this 20-year-old Florida man who was arrested with enough fentanyl to kill like uh, over 4,000 people. That's serious stuff, man. This is crazy. Collier County, deputies arrested 20-year-old Refugio Garcia uh, out of Naples. They charged him with fentanyl trafficking, possession of cocaine, possession of amphetamine, fleeing and eluding, driving without a license. I mean, he only had like a tiny bit, but it was enough to kill more than 4,000 people. They just found it during a traffic stop. Wow. And a 74-year-old Florida man is accused of chasing two people with a knife while riding an electric scooter. <laughs> Daniel Zarelli faces multiple charges, including aggravated assault with a deadly weapon in Brevard County. He's 74 years old. He chased two people with a knife while riding an electric scooter, according to Rockledge Police Department. It was a verbal disagreement. And after that, Zarelli retrieved an 8-inch blade from a drawer in his home and then actively followed a woman throughout the residence in his, on his scooter Monday evening. According to the arrest affidavit, uh, Zarelli's alleged statements of wanting to kill the woman prompted her to run from the residence he pursued on his scooter. Oh, wow. And uh, so he's in a lot of trouble. He was already on felony probation. He's being held in $26,000 bond. He's going to make his first appearance in court on February 1st, presumably not on a scooter. Stay with us. Third hour on the way. Still more in store. We need for the next five years to make sure that FAA has everything that they need in terms of systems, resources, and staff. I think this gives us a really important data point and a really important moment uh, to understand what we're going to need uh, moving forward. Uh, but obviously, our more immediate focus is technical, understanding exactly how this happened, uh, why the redundancies and the backups that were built into the system were not able to prevent the level of disruption that we saw today, and to make sure that we have 100% clarity on any and all steps that are needed so that it can't happen. Again. Yeah, so that is Mayor Secretary Poot Buttigieg with his data points. Gives us really important. It's a. It gives us a really important data point at a, a really important moment to understand wh- uh, what we're going to need. You know, from the data to move forward from this data point. He has no clue what he's talking about. You can tell when he's talking. You know what I mean? You can always tell when you're being BSed. You know it. Welcome back to the program. Always good to be with you. Your lovable curmudgeon Dana Lash here. Top of our third hour. Who boy, there's a lot to unpack with everything that's been happening today. But the FAA, they're still having problems. It's almost like there needed to be someone there to help with that. You know, like someone to handle transportation stuff. You know, like just realizing things. (laughs) I can't. I'm never going to get that Kylie Jenner audio out of my head. It's been years ago that she said this, and we play it every January ad nauseum. And then we forget about it, and then we play it nonstop the next January. Uh, what is he doing besides talking about data points? Well, I, I, so I did tell you, I did share with you that earlier on, he, all he did, and as, uh, as the only thing that he did actually apparently was change language and their stuff to make it more inclusive. That's all he did. Is that why you were there? Because you're gay? Did you get the job because you're gay? Yeah, you did. It's very important that we know how you do it with people. So that's going to determine whether or not you're fit for this job, sir. 
What? Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyone else would think it's ridiculous, but the left is like, oh, that's great, because, you know, merit eludes them, apparently. <sighs> All right, so the latest independent special counsel to look into the Biden documents, the classified documents. Woo-hoo. Now, Jonathan Turley had a couple, he had a really good take on this as well, because the... For, I mean, first, he noted that the president seemed awkward, his statement about the cor- the Corvette. Yeah, that's because he also had a prepared statement that his lawyers probably agonized over before they, they gave him the, you know, this, this, these prepared remarks for him to read. And he just didn't pay, apparently pay. He just didn't pay attention to it or couldn't read it or something. I don't know. And then that's when he made his Corvette remark. Turley notes, though, that he doesn't believe that Biden was surprised that any of this stuff was found because the classified document documents were moved at least two times. They had to be. He says that Garland was 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 briefed that these documents, he says, presumably that he that, that these existed on November 2nd. And then what, two weeks later, he appointed a special counsel to investigate the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. And that was Jack Smith. And he said that everyone was asking why does Garden seem so, why, why does he not want to appoint a special counsel for this, for the Biden dealings? Seems like it's, that's kind of something that you would want to do, considering everything that's been discovered. And he refused it, apparently, even while he was explaining that Jack Smith's appointment was necessary because Donald Trump was running for president. Well, Joe Biden, as Turley notes, is the president. So why is there this difference here? And that makes sense. He says Biden is pretending to be ignorant. He's not surprised. He says there's no reason. He's he's trying to make it look like he's 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 vulnerable. He's minimizing any kind of uh, attempt to charge him with obstruction or false statements. Ultimately, so he can just say he's surprised. But they had to be at least they were moved at least twice. So there's just no way that this there's this doesn't mm -mm. I don't buy it. He doesn't buy it. I can't imagine how anyone serious about law and order would buy it. And I think these are the questions to ask. And so Andy McCarthy had a really good piece out. About the second batch of information, this is the one that was is the one that was in his garage near his Carvet, as he told us. He says that because of the classification, at least ten of them are top secret. The SCI, the top secret sensitive compartment compartmented information. That's what SCI means: sensitive compartmented information, top secret. They are highly classified. They're not just classified; they're like powered up classified and according to protocol falling into the wrong hands could cause quote exceptionally grave damage to national security end quote and it could also compromise as McCarthy notes sources and methods of intelligence acquisition so you have super top secret stuff I don't believe that I, I don't believe him when he says that he was serious about I'm very serious about it's so stupid to not have what this audio of him. This was a flashback. What is this is uh 
Uh, yeah, Audio Soundbite 9. Listen to this. This was him remarking on what happened at Mar-a-Lago. This was just not long ago. Thirty. Uh, Audio Soundbite 9, listen. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen. How one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought... What data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. Hmm. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. Hmm. Very irres- but, but yet look at this. How irresponsible was this? How, why, what indication has he given at all whatsoever that he is in any way concerned about how classified intelligence is handled? I mean, how in the world? What McCarthy takes issue with is the statement that he gave in his remarks where he said, quote, I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But and this was the Penn Biden office, the CCP office. He says, but I don't know what's in the documents. My my lawyers have not suggested that I ask what documents they were. McCarthy says, oh, gosh, where to begin? It's a remarkable statement. He goes, he lapses into passive voice. The government records were taken to that office. It's his office. He says, there's every reason to believe that he is personally responsible for the documents being in his office. Government records don't sprout legs. It's not like Schoolhouse Rock where it's, you know, have the little bill singing, I am a bill. No, no, no. They don't get up and walk. I am a document. I am super classified. That's not how it works. They don't get up and walk into the office. Someone takes them there. And apparently they had uh, all kinds. He had family uh, uh, records, personal and uh, Biden records, family records that this stuff was in with. Now, as McCarthy notes, what's been reported that all of this stuff, the materials that are classified, apparently for all relates to Ukraine, Iran, Britain. And. Wow. Now. He notes this is Annie McCarthy's piece that. He writes, consider this, President Obama gave his vice president extensive foreign policy responsibilities. And I'm going to sidebar here real quick. Remember when when Obama was running in 08, what was he hit on? The hardest, almost more than anything else. Foreign policy inexperience. That is the number one thing that Biden was was marketed as bringing to the team. That's why they wanted him. So back to what McCarthy is saying here. He says that after the Obama administration ended, Biden wrote a memoir. He says that it was published in autumn autumn of 2017. It centered on his late son, Beau Biden, covered his foreign policy portfolio at length, particularly with respect to Ukraine. He goes, given that, how surprised should we be that there's an apparent overlap? He goes, presumably in the probe of the, the in the probe of the Justice Department, uh, they say that it's conducting in a Biden's mishandling. I mean, I, he says I, I, they would have to be comparing this stuff to what was covered in the memoir. He goes, meanwhile, the other thing he said is my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. He says one assumes that this is not literally what Biden meant. It's not relevant or would anyone care what suggestions Biden lawyers 
did or did not make, the president must have meant his lawyer suggested that he not ask what the documents were. If that's the case, it's ridiculous. He's president of the United States, the official most responsible for national security. If top secret information falls into the wrong hands, a possibility that must be indulged when classified intelligence is maintained in an unauthorized place, it's his responsibility to know what's in the document so he can assess the damage. It's not just his duty, but he's in the unique position of knowing who had access to his private office. The security, the visiting, the maintenance arrangements, all of it. He's like, it's, it's it, he, and I agree, it's a stupid statement. And then, do you remember when he said his lawyers were moving stuff? What the hell? You hired lawyers to move things? They asked Kevin McCarthy that. McCarthy's like, I just move stuff with my own hands. No, but if he talks about lawyers being there the whole time, he makes he gets to present this theater that, you know, maybe there's it, there's there's nothing wrong, like in you know, all of this stuff, or like what they did, and this is where it's going. What McCarthy or uh, sorry, Andy McCarthy said, like Hillary Clinton in the emails caper, that attorney-client privilege limits what they can ask, which is why I think he's covering everything with my lawyers, my lawyers, my lawyers, so that he can't be asked about it due to attorney-client privilege. Here we're only learning about this now. And yet the first batch, everyone knew about this two months ago. We're learning about it now because Democrats wanted to make sure that there was a safe election, that they that they that this wouldn't hurt Democrats chances. But yet they still want Biden out. So they still released it. I maintain that. Hmm. Now, here's what's funny. You're going to start hearing this from people. I, I'm imagining you're going to start hearing this from people on the left. Uh, Chad Pergram noted uh, his colleague, Hillary Vaughn. Uh, had told him that Democratic Georgia Representative Hank Johnson said about the Biden classified documents that he was suspicious of the timing. Things can be planted. But don't you dare talk about, you know, any kind of election shenanigans. Are you serious? Oh, man, this is just crazy. All of it's crazy. Hmm. All of it's crazy. This is um, no clearance. Put in the garage. They're really trying to, they're really hoping that people just don't pay attention to that huge thing there. They really don't want that. And that's the big thing. So I'm curious to see what comes of this. At the very least, I mean, that has to be, you know, something, whether or not any of the stuff that, you know, he was not supposed to reveal was discussed in his book. That's the other thing. We have headlines on the way. And we're also going to have Andy McCarthy tomorrow on the program. Oh my gosh, I am made of questions for him. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. Mm-hmm. All right, so first up, Bookbinder. This is such a dumb story. They're still going after J.K. Rowling. Bookbinder uh, has removed J.K. Rowling's name from Harry Potter novels amid fear over the author's transphobia and replaced them with new covers, which they're selling for £140 each. That's stupid. If you're dumb enough to buy that, I have a whole bunch of things that... Uh, Bookbinder, some nerd who lives in Toronto. I have a whole bunch of things that I could sell you if you're interested in buying those stupid things for that much. I, oh man, Kane, the things we could sell these people, right? I'm telling you. Uh, quarry workers have unearthed a rare Elizabethan era ship from the 16th century. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, it's a, from the reign of the first Queen Elizabeth. They found it in England in uh, last April. Wessex Archaeology, the group that studied the find, announced that it was from that period officially. They were dredging a lake at this quarry in the Dungeness, Headland, and Kent. 
They unearthed the ship's remains. They weren't sure really what it was at first, so they called in the experts. And it was actually, you know, from being what it was, was actually pretty well preserved in the sediment, they said. But it was a very unexpected find, according to the marine biologists at Wessex Archaeology. So they're able to actually study, apparently, ship construction. And I don't know. It is kind of neat, but it sounds like it's muddy wood. That's what it sounds like, isn't it? Uh, All right. The U.S. has approved the first vaccine for honeybees. A new weapon against diseases that routinely savage colonies and they're relied upon for food pollution. So it's the world's first vaccine for honeybees. How is this going to be done? The U.S. Department of Agriculture has granted a conditional license for a vaccine created by Dolan Animal Health, a U.S. biotech company, to help protect honeybees from American foul brood disease. They said that that's the whole point. They want to care for insects and that because the absence of these bees obviously has a catastrophic impact on food production globally. They said there's no cure for this disease so far. So they they're and there's a whole bunch of like bacterium, Latin, whatever larvae that can weaken and kill hives. So they're trying to uh, administer antibiotics to prevent further spread and all kinds of stuff. Man, that's crazy to think that bees are susceptible to all of this. I mean, I know pretty much anything is, you know, to some to some virus or some disease. But wow. And Americans rank congressmen lower than journalists and car salesmen for honesty and ethics. Is, is that a, that's a, is that really a headline? Is that really news? We kind of know that all, right? Stick with us. We got more in store next. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. I want to be prudent here. Uh, I want to make sure that we do this in appropriate the appropriate way. We're going to ask them because that's our job. I understand, and and my job is to answer your questions. So here we go. Let's go. We ask this is because on like day two of this administration, when he swore all of you in, the president said, "Quote." I'm going to make mistakes. When I make them, I'll acknowledge them, and I'll tell you. And I'll need your help to help me correct them. So you're the one here talking to us about this. That's why we're asking you. So let's just remember that. We don't need we don't need to have this. We work very well together. We do. I don't we don't need to have this kind of confrontation. Ask your question and I will answer well, them the best the reason, that I can. Part of the reason we're laying that out is because you're laying out your part of the job. We're I know, laying out our part of the job, I know but I'm just saying that we don't need we to have contention. We you don't need to be contentious with me here. Ed. The president was asked yesterday but did not answer this part of the question. Why didn't he or someone in the White House inform the American people when these documents were discovered on November 2nd? Did it have anything to do, because people are asking this part of it, did it have anything to do with the fact that the election was just a few days away? Again, Ed, this is under review by the Department of Justice. It is literally under review right now. As we are, as as I as I am talking to you, it is under review. So I'm not going to uh, get beyond the process. I'm not going to get beyond what the president said. Mm-mm-mm. She still isn't out. She's super late. And that's, I think, because they, oh boy, she, how is she going to handle this? Welcome back to the program. Bottom of the third hour here. Dana Lash with you. So this, I, I think the real, to me, one of the biggest aspects of the story of more classified documents found at yet another location. This time, this one's at his, you have the Penn Biden and then you have the Wilmington house in his garage and then in an adjacent room. I think it's, I mean, obviously all of it's huge, I think, particularly because he was VP at the time. They've had him for six years and they were moved at least twice. So I don't believe anybody was surprised over this. But what's more is that the Penn Biden, and I'm going to have a piece coming out about this, the Penn Biden office that they had opened, 
was shared space with a Chinese energy group, CEFC, that was its CCP run, the Communist Chinese Party run. And uh, Yi Zhaming is the was the head of CEFC. He was also the tycoon that gave Hunter Biden that reported three carat diamond. They shared that office space. Yes, the same office space where classified documents were discovered. And in fact, Miranda Devine, in her book, had noted that there were emails and discussions going on between Hunter Biden had requested and pulling this up. He had actually requested keys to be made, apparently, for the new office mates, as he had said, uh, Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Jim Biden, Gong Wing Dong, Chairman Ye, Chairman Ye of this, the CEFC emissary. So he wrote that on September 21st, 2017. And the and the the lease was on Rosemont Seneca was on that his his now defunct company's name. And in Divine's book, she gets into how they were, how it was structured and how they shared this space. It is unbelievable. I mean, I, like, what do you, what do you, what, what, I mean, there's nothing else to, that, 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 if anything, that's one of the really troubling things, because if this stuff, this, the uh, documents were said to deal with all kinds of, you know, national security, et cetera, et cetera, had to do with Ukraine, had to do with this, that. Well, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty significant, I would say. That's incredibly significant that you have these documents there in the shared CCP space. This tycoon, there was a piece in the New York Times. I'm going to pull this up as well. That got over that uh, a Chinese tycoon sought power and influence and Washington responded. And the piece reads, it discusses how Yi Jiaming had courted the Biden family networked with U.S. security officials. CEFC, they were trying to be lobbyists without having to register as a foreign lobbyist. They did not want to do the Foreign Agents Registration Act process. So they were trying to get around it, essentially, is what was happening. And he struck billions of dollars worth of deals in Russia and all of these. He was working with Hunter Biden. They were working with other Chinese entities. They've given an untold amount of money already to the Penn Biden Center. The Penn Biden Center was accused of being a dark money hole. It's a dark money nightmare is how it was described. And. There was already, you had the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, which that was before Biden was elected president. If you wanted to know what he was doing between the time that he left office for VP and he became president, he was there. And the University of Pennsylvania received more than $30 million from an untold number of Chinese donors uh, shortly after the Penn Biden Center was announced. I mean, and that's all in, that's all public records. But the Government Integrity Integrity Project, that's in Virginia, they said that the, quote, Penn Biden Center is a dark money revolving door nightmare where foreign competitors like China donated millions of dollars to the university so they could have access to future high-ranking individuals. 
And interesting how most of the anonymous donations, according to public records, came after the university officially announced in February that it was creating the academic center named for Biden. And in addition to leading the think tank, he was named as a professor. Huh. Now, a spokesperson for the university says they never solicited anything. Well, they didn't have to. Now, the center doesn't list any of anybody, any fellows, anything on the site. They don't have separate separate uh, financial filings. They, as the New York Post notes, operates under the auspices of the University of Pennsylvania with a mission of engaging fellow citizens, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. So you have the CEFC sharing office space here with the Penn Biden Center. And I mean, how are there not questions? How was there not already an investigation. Well, I mean, we know there was one investigation already. How was there also not implications for Joe Biden in this investigation? Because this is one of the things that Hunter Biden is being investigated for, not reporting income earned from all of these deals. And apparently they're also looking into whether or not any firearms charges can be, they can they can levy any of those after you know the now infamous story of him. Uh, well, and by the way, he was also smoking crack this whole time, Hunter Biden. Tons of crack. Smoking at all. So, you know. Telling you. Now, if there was any any question about the CEFC head in the New York Times piece, they note that he was a, I mean, he's a, you know, super commie. I mean, obviously. So, But all of this, now he's actually in custody right now. And then... There's so they lost that, I guess, asset that that ally or whatever. He was said to have been this uh, former head of the CEFC was said to have been the grandson of a famous Chinese military leader. And he was, you know, apparently a, a supportive of the Communist Party. And that his grandfather was a hero of China's communist revolution all of this. I mean, this is just, but it was CEFC China Energy. They had relations with North Korea, all of this. But yeah, this is, um, this is who they've been doing business with. They're pictured together. They're pictured on events. Together. I mean, they're, he was, he was right there with them. He donated uh, $100,000 to the Clinton Foundation. Uh, he also donated 500000 to Columbia, and it won him notice amongst those watching what China's doing with regards to universities. Uh, they had forums in Washington. Uh, they, I mean, he was really seeking to raise influence. They wanted to be, they wanted to be lobbyists without having to register under FARA, as I said. Now, in the meantime, Hunter Biden, they're investigating him for all of this stuff. And... I'm just now with this. How many other Bidens are going to be investigated? We have any more? Bi- I mean, I'm sure there's probably a ton more Bidens that can be investigated. And as Kane notes, Biden's done everything for China, lifted tariffs. He ignored the origins of the coronavirus. That family has made tons of money, millions and millions of dollars off of China. And the media hasn't said a single damn thing. They say it's a witch hunt or they they say that, oh, it's um. The party's only focused on, I know we have audio to this extent, the party's only focused on uh, investigations and all of this stuff. Like they act like, oh, this, yeah. Hakeem, I think it was Hakeem Jeffries. Audio soundbite 17. Listen to this. This is just tone deaf. 
Those are the challenges that we, as members of Congress, Democrats, Republicans, independents, all of us, should be tackling together. And it's very unfortunate that we've seen this extreme MAGA Republican agenda, which is apparently anchored in impeachment and investigation. You mean like Democrats were from 2016? Exactly. I, they I, they need all of this. All of this needs to be investigated. I want to know the nature of this office. I want to know if Hunter, what Hunter, all of this. I want to know all of this. This is all nuts. This is why we need an investigation. We're going to talk to Andy McCarthy about this. Uh, and more information is coming out about Robert K. Hur, H-U-R, the special counsel who's involved in this. And this, I mean, this is just crazy. All of this is crazy. I mean, I'm just looking at all the stuff that's flying in. And that's why it's it's way bigger than anything that, you know, you would see at all whatsoever with this. The Trump thing, it makes it it makes all of the reaction to that look stupid. Did Hunter Biden, was he able to go into the garage, I assume? Yeah. Hmm. He claimed he owned the house. Hunter Biden owned the house in Wilmington. That's what he's where the classified documents were. The crack addict owned the house that was in bed with the CCP. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, they, I, I don't know. This is, there's, I, what do you say? What do you say? So that, that brings up even, who all had access to it? Oh my gosh. I just, uh, I know. We uh, have a lot more in store. And we're going to bring you the latest. They still have not called for McCarthy's already called for an investigation. They still have not brought out KJP. So, yeah, Miranda Devine has the receipts literally saying that Hunter Biden in 2018 claimed he owned the house where Joe Biden kept classified documents alongside his Corvette. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. She just posted that a bit ago. So, yeah, but you know, but Trump. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Yeah, like I was saying, Democrats suppress this story and only now release the details. So it's pretty safe to assume that this is dim on dim political warfare to thwart Biden for 24. I mean, that's because there is no other reason why this is it's just wild. You know what it's doing, though? It is burying some of the numbers. CPI, I'll have some stuff out for you on that. I mean, just the amount of uh, tracking inflation, the rate of increase for so much. Eggs, hamburger, eggs are at 50.2%. That's why you're seeing all that, uh, all the memes, all the egg memes. But I am, this is, I'm telling you, it's going to be something. The left's excuse for all of this is so far all I've seen are oh so now you care about classified materials yes you're right I care about classified materials when they're in possession uh, when the the person who possesses them has neither the authority uh, nor really any they're out of office they have no excuse to even possess these items uh, at all and their son's a crackhead who's making deals with the CCP and has access to all of this stuff and apparently owns the house where one of them's where the classified documents are stored. So just recap, a crackhead doing business with the communist Chinese to enrich his family had access to sensitive 
highly classified, not like like this is apparently as cl- powered up as you get, documents. Oh, hmm. you know, it's the Bidens, though. It, you know, don't how dare you, Kane, attack Joe Biden's 50 something year old baby. His baby hunter, little sweet 50 something year old baby hunter. Mm-hmm. Painter. He's, yeah, the painter, the artist? famous artist that is Hunter Biden. He spits stuff on a canvas and says it's art. That's so nasty. I, you know, just like for hygienic purposes, this is gross. Why would you? Why would you want that? At least he's, you know, spitting stuff out of the straws, snorting stuff of it. He was making spittle art at the height of coronavirus. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just glorified finger painting at this point? I mean, it's like basically (laughs) that level. I mean, I've seen kids in preschool that come out with better works. His stuff is horrible. It looks like G-Clay crap that you see that's like torn up and in the back at TJ Maxx. It's it's just horrible. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to see what happens. I'm going to have an email, our newsletter coming out for you about this. Make sure you sign up over at Substack, Chapter and Verse, because I will have some stuff uh, out for you on this. And we're going to follow, bring you any updates. And tomorrow's Friday. So we've made it through our first week of the new year. And already they were trying to take your gas stove. And they were thwarted. Ah! All right. Today's stupidity came. All right. It's our president of the United States. He uh, keeps talking about how it's it's not government spending that's causing all the problems in the economy. It's clearly the wealthy people. But this is his solution. Listen to this. Becoming president, I've been laser focused on rebuilding the U.S. economy. Is that right? From the bottom up and the middle out, not the trickle-down economy. From the bottom up and the the middle out. Okay. Oh, my gosh. What He struggles all the time. Uh, But in reality, all they would really have to do is not spend more than we bring in, and there's the problem solved, everybody. It's not him working on bottom up and middle out. Stop it. He's not doing anything. No, he's not. Not at all. Gosh, what a weird day. Isn't this a weird day? Weird day. We'll have the recap for you. Make sure you sign up over at Substack, Chapter and Verse. And find us on Facebook, YouTube, like, and subscribe. Have a good night. We'll be back to end the week together tomorrow, Friday. God bless.